Welcome to the Vineyard Cardiff podcast. It's great to have you wherever you are listening. Maybe you're on a walk right now enjoying the good weather. Uh, I hope you enjoy today's message from James. He's preaching a one-off uh, on being devoted to one another as we re-emerge out of lockdowns and we have a choice for how we interact. What does it mean to be a graceful community? What does it mean to serve one another? See, he's going to be opening up the Word of God. Hi, great to be with you today. My name's James, if I haven't met you before, and I will be preaching today. I'm really excited. Today I want to talk about strengthening relationships and building community. COVID has caused disruption in so many different areas of our society, but I think probably the most challenging aspect universally that's been felt across the board has been around community and relationships. As a society, we've been separated, maybe isolated. In many instances, people have been feeling deeply, deeply lonely. And I've just been looking at some research over the last week, looking at the rise of mental health and just this feeling of loneliness. The last year has just massively increased this in society. It was already an issue, but this has got so much worse recently. And as I start talking about relationships and community, I just want to recognise that for many, many people, this has been deeply difficult. So today I'm talking about something that could be quite painful to you. Maybe some of your hopes and ideas around relationships and community have been crushed. Uh, Some relationships have been fractured and shattered. Maybe you felt betrayed by somebody, by a person or by a group of people. The stress on relationships has been absolutely enormous. And, and if, it, if that's you today, I just want to take a moment and I just want to invite the Lord in. So let, let me just pray. Jesus, we're just aware that it's not been an easy time for relationships. And so, Lord, I just give you every single person that's listening to this right now who's got pain in their heart in this area. And Lord, what I want to pray is that you, it doesn't make them shut down, but instead that as I speak today, that you would implant hope, that you would implant your kingdom story. And Lord, just come and minister to them right now. Would they know your presence? Would they know your comfort? Would they know your closeness? In Jesus' name, amen. So for some people, it's been deeply difficult. For others, well, it's been much more straightforward and you might have enjoyed having maybe less relational demands during this period of time. For others, the truth is somewhere in the middle. There's been good bits and there's been bad bits. But my hope for today is that I want to paint a picture of the community that Jesus wants us to build around being devoted to one another. And I, and I want to be really honest, community and relationships are deeply difficult. If you find a perfect church, I've heard this, don't join it because you're going to ruin it. And a, a good section of my time is spent um, pastoring people through dif- difficult relationships or different community moments, whether they've been disappointed or upset or whatever's going on but God uses people and relationships to form us to mold us to grow us to change us to heal us all of these things and he doesn't want us to stay in a place of pain 
C.S. Lewis in an incredibly famous um, little passage that I come back to again and again. He says this because I just think it's so true. To love at all is to be vulnerable. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And I'm convinced, despite having seen many, many difficult moments of community, many broken relationships, that God has gifted us one another, that we are a gift to one another, that his heart is that we relate deeply with one another and that we continue to sharpen one another. The scriptures talk about that, like as iron sharpens iron to sharpen one another. And the church, his bride is his idea that we can't in fullness work out our discipleship without loving his church, his people and Christian community. That, that's a big statement, isn't it? But Jesus is coming back for his bride, the church. And so the title I have for today is Devoted. The verse that's prompted this talk is from a passage in Romans, Romans 12 verse 10 that says this, be devoted to one another in love. Now, this word devoted means to be very loving or loyal. I looked it up in the dictionary, that's how I know that. But to be very loving or loyal. And so when you think about, well, what does devotion look like? Well, to be devoted means to love well, to love deeply, to, to share other people's burdens, to listen well, to care, to honour, to be real. And when I think about being devoted, I think of a community. And when I use this word community, I'm aware that so many different images and pictures are going to come up in your mind. And in fact, the interesting thing is that we'll all be thinking different things because it's kind of like community. Well, what do we mean? What picture do we use for that? So we've all got a slightly different concept. And indeed, the world's idea of community is really different to the gospel's idea of community. And God has got an incredible amount to say about how we do relationship and how we on another one, one another, love one another, spend time with one another, how we relate to one another. And so I'm really excited today to be unpacking some of Romans 12. It's a deep passage. It's a beautiful passage. And and what it does is it gives us handles on how to be in community and how to build community. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's written a brilliant little book called Life Together, which is very short and packed full, talks about what it means to be God's people. This, um, and he writes this about community. He says this, innumerable, innumerable, I can't say that word, innumerable times a whole Christian community has broken down because it had sprung from a wish dream. Every human wish dream that is injected into the Christian community is a hindrance to genuine community and must be banished if genuine community is to survive. He or she who loves their dream of a community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the latter, even though their personal intentions may, may be ever so honest and earnest and sacrificial. Now, the reason that I read this out is because it's so important to realise that people's dreams of community, their conception of community 
is not necessarily what the Bible talks about by community. And so we have to be really, really careful between those two things. For many people, particularly around our society, the idea is this kind of, when we talk about community, it's, it's quite ethereal, it's quite fluffy, it's warm, it's nice. It's somewhere where I come to get my needs met, I come to consume. But actually the picture that we're given in the scriptures is that it's a place where we come to worship Jesus and we come to build God's house. I love what it says in Ephesians 2 verse 19 uh, down to 22. It says this, Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. So what is it that we're united around? And again, this is a really obvious point, but this is why this idea of what is the community, it's focused around the cornerstone of Jesus. If we ever lose that, then it just becomes a social club. We just become, you know, it's like go and join something else. They might, you know, go and join David Lloyd. It's like we're not David Lloyd. We are built around the cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. That is why this community exists. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Christian community is first and foremost God's idea. And he's given us blueprints of how to be in community and how to build community. Now, so often when we talk about community, Acts 2 verses 42 to 47 would be the passage that's used. Um, they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching to the breaking of bread, fellowship. Now, what that does is it gives us kind of the components of community, the building blocks of community. And I don't want to spend time there today. Instead, what I want to look at is more what are some of the attitudes that help to build community? And so I'm going to be in Romans 12. So but I just want to start with verses one and two, because they set the backdrop before I go into the passage nine to 13. It, Romans 12 verses one or two, really famous was therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship this is what real worship looks like do not conform to the pattern of this world don't do not think like it does but be transformed by the renewing by the changing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will now the reason that I need to read this passage before we go into the next bit is because it's this piece, in view of God's mercy, in view of the grace that God has shown you, in light of the incredible gift of salvation that Jesus has won for you, in light of eternal life, in light of the finished work of Christ on the cross, in light of the Holy Spirit that now lives in you, in light of the freedom that Jesus has bought for you, in light of the power that he's given you in his name, live differently, live differently, live differently. In light of all of this, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So that's the backdrop before we go into this passage on community. Jumping down to verses four and five, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. I love the way that it's written because it's a little bit confusing in the NIV sometimes and at the moments like that I grab the message because sometimes it can be really helpful it says this in this way we're like the various parts of a human body each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole not the other way around the body we're talking about is Christ's body 
of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. So when we're, again, coming back to this concept of community, this is a completely different way of building community. This goes against everything that our society would say. We find our meaning and our function in God's community. He made us to be in community. It's only in that community that we really begun to understand our purpose. It's not an added extra. If you come to Christ, the expectation is that you will be God's people, that you will be the family of God, and that you will, and this passage talks all about um, verses 6 to, to 8, all about using our gifts in the body. In the same way it says, it doesn't say if you fast in the, in the scripture, it says when you fast, it's almost like, well, of course you're going to do this. So coming down into verse 9, let's start there. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. That's kind of the central passage. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. What we see in this picture is people who fight for one another and love deeply. And so I've got a few things that I, I want to just begin to draw out of the passage. And the first one's just this phrase, intentional and authentic, intentional and authentic. I, I spoke a few weeks about, ago about being in a reset moment, that life is opening up. What are we going to prioritize? And I talked about it being out of a place of worship. Where are we going to put our energy? But when it comes to Christian community and deep relationships, we have to be intentional. In other words, we have to make them happen. Many people want to have community without commitment. Community without commitment. It doesn't work. You can't have community without commitment because the crucial ingredient is trust. Trust around human relationships. If we don't trust people that we're around, then we, we can't be real. We can't be authentic. So intentional and authentic. In order to be authentic, then we have to be committed. We have to be in that place. Do I trust that you're going to show up? Do I trust that you've got my best interests at heart? Do I trust that you're for me? These are the questions that people are, are asking. And if they don't trust those things, then they will, they will withhold a part of themselves. It's very difficult to grow if you're always withholding part of yourself from that relationship. It's difficult for somebody to be accountable. It's difficult for somebody to challenge you. It's difficult for somebody to speak into your life. You become an island. It's like, yes, you can be present without being relationally present. And so in order for this to happen, there has to be commitment. For any relationship to grow and thrive, there has to be commitment. It's the same in friendship. It's the same uh, in marriage. So the starting point in the society in which we live, where there are so many different distractions, there are so many different things coming in on us, is how intentional am I about pursuing Christian community and friendship? How intentional am I? You know, if you were to think kind of a scale zero to 100, it's like, well, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I know church is important and Christian community is kind of important. I'm probably 20%. Or would you be much further down the line? Just think where you are for a moment. How much time do you give to it? Who are the brothers and sisters that you're journeying with? Now, the caveat is that I know it's been incredibly difficult over the last year to do that. But this is a new moment. We're stepping into a new moment. 
And our hope is that we step into this summer moment. One of the things that we want to do as a church is to just bring people back together to create connection points for people. For new, for people where maybe they haven't been in much community, for new people that have moved the, to the city, for people that I haven't seen people for a long while. So the amazing thing is from next Sunday, all of our in-person services are coming back. Uh, there's a bit of an update about that, but that's amazing. And is that the totality of Christian community? No, it's, it's like a gathering point. It's a moment. It's like a worshipping point where the family comes together. It's like the big family meal. And it's not necessarily the place of deep kind of intimacy in those moments, but we're, we're a part of the family meal. We feel part of something bigger and we worship together. But then we need these moments, when, whether that's the small groups and some of the things going on in the summer, where the deeper relationships are formed, where the accountability begins to come in, where it's like, actually, I want to share. And sometimes we think of accountability being a negative word, but more I mean, I'm going to share deeply my life with you. That's really what I'm talking. This is actually what's going on. So coming back to this picture of intention, authentic it's so easy to be fake in life fake is when i'm talking with you how are you yeah i'm fine it's like are you really fine no my life is falling apart i'm struggling in multiple areas i'm i'm struggling with addiction and different things but actually i'm not going to be honest about that it's only when we bring stuff into the light confess your sins to one another and we come into that place it's like i'm really struggling with that and then people can put their arm around us and be like hey how can i support you how, how can i pray for you how can i be there for you as you journey through this we want to see it change we're going to pray that this shifts I love what it says in the message. It says, love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Don't fake it. There is nothing in me that wants to be in a fake community. Do you know what I mean? Where we pretend everything's all right. It's like, no, let's get it out. If it's, if it's there, it's got to come to the surface. Bring the, the sin and the mess and the rubbish and the brokenness. Bring it into the light and let's put it before Jesus. And they say, Jesus, begin to deal with this. Come. So that's the first one, be intentional and authentic. Secondly, be alert and fervent. Being alert, you know, it talks about evil in this passage and we have to be alert to the devil's schemes. It's like we've got to be on our guard and that's one of the reasons that we need one another, that we're not meant to be these islands. It's like I need people that are going to journey with me, that are going to pray for me, that are going to have my back and so do you. That's what we need. We need to be alert to the devil's schemes. So on, that's on the one hand and an alertness, a sensitivity to the spirit, a sensitivity of the world that, in which we live, a sensitivity to know that actually if I feed myself with that, it's not going to be good for me. And then fervent, Romans 12 verse 11 says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Let me give an alternative translation to verse 11, a more literal translation. It says this, in zeal, do not be lazy. <laughs> do not be lazy. Be set on fire by the Spirit and serve the Lord. It's easy. You know, that's what we're talking about by spiritual fervor, isn't it? It's like, it can sound a bit much. It's like, wow, that sounds really, really radical. But actually, it's like, no, I want to be spiritually fervent. You know, this idea of zeal before the Lord. In, in the Old Testament, we, re we read that the tabernacle was built and the altar was constructed and the sacrifices were laid on the altar. And then fire came down from the presence of the Lord and consumed the sacrifices. We see that in Leviticus 9, 23 to 24. 
Moses and Aaron then went into the tent of meeting and when they came out, they blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared to all of the people. Fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted for joy and fell face down. And when the temple was built and King Solomon offered sacrifices on the altar in the temple, we read about fire coming down from heaven again, 2 Chronicles 7.1. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Love it. God initiates the fire. He sets the sacrifice ablaze in the tabernacle and the temple, but it was the priest's job to keep the fire on the altar burning. That was their job. That's our job to keep the fire burning. The tendency of the, is the, of the fire to go out, to go out, to grow dim. What we see in the day of Pentecost, one of my favourite passages in Acts 2, is that, again, we see fire coming to descend on them. Altogether in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, they began to spread God's holy fire everywhere they went. And when a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, they are literally filled with divine fire from heaven. I don't know how you imagine the Holy Spirit, you know, when it comes into your heart, I don't know what you, but I think of like this little flame that's always alive. And then it's my job by the practices that I keep, the relationships that I build, the community that I'm part of, the way that I worship, being alert, being attentional, that I keep that fire stoked. The fire that God's put in me, it's like he initiated, but actually there's that place of, but I help to guard it like the priest did. It's like I guard that fire and, you know, invite the Holy Spirit in. That's why we constantly need to pray, come Holy Spirit, blow on us. Wesley Duell says this, God has created our spirits flammable. We are spiritually combustible, brilliant. Our nature is created to be set ablaze by the spirit. We're spiritually most blessed, most victorious, most usable when we are ablaze. We're most godlike when we glow with holy flame, the flame of the indwelling spirit. That's the spiritual fervor that I'm talking about. What's your fire like right now? What are some of the things that you're doing to fan that fire into flames? I find one of the greatest things is the people that I surround myself, the relationships that I'm in, the deep spiritual friendships that God has given me, where we encourage one another, share the scriptures, pray together. What's God doing in your life? Oh, can I talk about this? This is a problem. This is a brokenness. I need God to break in here. This is what I'm praying out. Can you see how that begins to walking side by side, carrying one another's burdens. That's what sets us ablaze. And then finally, be generous servants. Verse 11 talks about serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, patient in the rubbish that sometimes happens. It's like, Lord, give me patience and faithful in prayer. No matter what's going on, I want to keep praying. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. I just wanted to finish this section by just talking about a few amazing people who, for me, carry this generous servants. Let me give you a picture of what it looks like. When I was a second, third year student up in Nottingham, there was this couple called Andy and Helen Powell. Now, I was 
I was in my third year, I think, just beginning of my third year, and I was asked to lead a small group. And so I started leading it in a three. Myself, a, a nurse called Karen, who was a couple of years older than me, and Andy, who was just in his early 50s at the time. And so we led a small group together. It was the most bonkers small group that you've ever been part of. I absolutely loved it. There were about 30, 30 of us. And, you know, we had the whole gamut of society. We had everything going on in that group. And the reason I tell you about the pals is because Andy Powell was the most amazing father figure to me. You know, I've got my, my dad, who's also amazing, but in terms of spiritually, at that moment in my time, third year student, pretty young in the faith, I knew God had called me to lead. I knew that God had put stuff in me. Andy, much older, took me under his wing, showed me what it was to pray, showed me how to lead. He'd seen everything, some of the more difficult pastoral situations he'd get involved in. And they have just been like a bedrock to us. Um, I get a card every year from Helen Powell on my birthday. So, I'm, you know, I haven't seen them for a little while now, but, you know, when we were up in Nottingham, we used to stay with them and stuff. They are generous servants. They knew what it was to serve and to give their life away and to train others up, you know, and to lead with a whole load of people much younger. They're like, no, we're going to take it on. We can see what God's put in you and we just want to bring it out. That's what a generous servant does is that they see potential in people and they just begin to be like, how can I steward? How can I pray? How can I cheer you on? How can I be a father figure in your life? I could name many, many other people in our community who carry this generous servanthood, you know, Rick and Cher and Jackie with the community that they leave, that they, they pour their lives into it. They give their lives away and they are a picture of generous, generous servants. Joey Wilson with Grow Baby, who, you know, even during the pandemic has just kept going and serving and serving and serving and giving her life away. And these people inspire me. I see the way that they serve and the way that they give their lives away. Gemma Whitfield, who's just come on to our staff um, this last week, actually, but she's been serving in kids for, I don't know how long it is, but I'm going to say nearly 10 years, something like that. And she has served that community and given and given and given and invested in those children. And she has... They inspire me. These people inspire me. And I could mention many other. It wasn't meant to be a hit list. And then some of these people might be embarrassed that I've mentioned them. And I'm sorry if I've embarrassed you. But you inspire me. You inspire me. I think you're amazing. And sometimes it's just lifting up and saying, these are people that give their lives away. And that's what Jesus has called us to be. He's called us to be a people that give our lives away, that keep serving and we keep opening our homes. And in a moment like this, more than ever, we have got to be, we've got to practice hospitality. And sometimes it's, you know, the drive just to see people come to faith. It's not just to see that, it's outward. And I'm not saying stop that, but it's also we've got to bring the family together as well. We've got to practice hospitality with the people around us as we need to deeply connect with one another. And my encouragement to us as a community is to devote yourselves to one another, to love well, to open your house, to think what are the resources that God has given me to be able to build community, to invite that person around. It's like, take a chance. Say, do you want to come and do something? Do you want to come around to my house? Do you want to pray? Do you want to worship together? Do you want to eat food together? It's like, this is a moment we need to love one another well, to think of one another, to serve one another. And it is a place of servanthood. 
The interesting thing is when we do it, so often we come away and it's like, that's God's heart and therefore God fills us and he gives us the grace and like, why would I ever think that I don't do that? But sometimes when we're out of the habit, there have been muscles that we haven't used for a long while. And the Lord's saying, start using those muscles again. Learn, keep serving one another. So, so in finishing, in light of God's mercy, that's the starting point. It's the grace that God gives us. Christian community comes out of God. It's his heart put in us in light of God's plan for his people would we be a community that fights for one another would we be intentional and authentic alert and fervent and living as generous servants let me just pray Jesus I want to thank you that I want to thank you that I get to lead this community Lord I want to thank you that you have given us so many beautiful beautiful people and people that know what it is to serve and Lord we want to serve our community and we want to serve the city, both of those things. So Lord, enlarge our hearts again, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, if you would uh, like to get in touch with us, you can jump onto our website, vineyardcardiff.org, or you can send us an email, info at cardiffvineyards.org. And we would love to hear from you. We would love to answer any questions you might have, help you get plugged in to the church. But other than that, have a great week and we will be with you next week.